You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Okay, I have a hoarse voice. Can you tell? A little bit, but I wouldn't if you didn't say anything. Okay, well, sorry for all of you guys listening. I sound like, pass me my scotch. <laughs> 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 I um, I just got back from my sister's bachelorette party, so I <laughs> was yelling and screaming in a good way, drinking too much, staying up too late. I'm just like a shell of a human being today. <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. Um, I'm doing well did not have nearly as fun of a weekend as you did. So I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, Yeah, yeah, we've just been hanging out. Everything's good here. Nice. Well, let's kick things off. We're excited for this episode today. We have a really special guest that we've been really looking forward to talking to. But we'll go ahead and kick things off as usual with our highs and lows, and then we'll get into it. Sound good? Sounds Um, good. I'll go first, if you don't mind, because my high was the bachelorette party. Which was so fun. My sister's getting married in July. And we had her bachelorette party planned for April. Just, you know, ahead of time. There's like a lot of other weddings happening with her friends that had to be rescheduled to the next year because of COVID. So we had her bachelorette party a little bit early. Um, We just went to Walla Walla. We were planning on going to Napa originally. But just with COVID, we wanted to keep things really safe. So myself and all of her friends were vaccinated. And so we went to like this amazing mansion in Walla Walla, which is the cutest place I've ever, ever, ever been. Like I'm obsessed. I want to live there right away. It's so beautiful. Wine country, if you don't know in Washington and the wineries are amazing. We like basically had, we went on a wine tour and basically had the wineries to ourselves because it was like a weekday. We just had the best time. Her friends are like perfect, the friendliest, most amazing people. And I haven't been on like a girl's trip since I I don't even know. Like I could not even tell you the last time I went on a, maybe my bachelorette party. Yeah. Like, I cannot think of a time that I've been on a girl's trip since then. So it was a long time coming. It was the longest I've ever been away from Nora. And it just was like, I missed her so much, but it was just like so fun just to go and like be completely carefree because mm-hmm. we were like all really safe and like vaccinated. So carefree literally from anything for like four days. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. So fun. But my low is even though we were like so safe, I don't go anywhere or do anything. As you guys know, if you listen to this episode, like I've been such like such a freak about COVID, like extra super cautious just because I'm anxious about everything like germs and stuff like that. And so a lot of you guys who listen know where I stand on that, but we ended up going to a restaurant on one of the days, which was like amazing in the moment. Like, oh my gosh, I I was like, this is real life. Like, I feel so amazing. This is so crazy. It's been like well over a year since I've been to a restaurant. And so as soon as I got home, I just like, started having such bad anxiety about like being around other people and like going into a public place and did I wash my hands enough and like I don't know I just I'm having like a really hard time accepting the dive into normalcy a little bit which I think is to be expected but I'm just like 
oh my gosh, I'm so anxious about it now, but yeah. I think it will be okay. It's just been kind of hard <laughs> to come back from. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big way to go and rip the Band-Aid off back. Yeah. <laughs> just diving in. Well, yeah. I, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure everyone will be fine. And hopefully that'll kind of ease your worries a little bit, maybe, and make it a little easier next time. Like, hope, you know, no big deal, baby steps back into society kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm excited felt, that you guys got to go do that. Yeah, it felt yeah. good to be, like, normal for a little while, you know? And, yeah. like, knowing that we were doing it safely, like, I wasn't risking anybody and, like, you know... I don't know. I'm just still, even though I'm fully vaccinated, I'm just like kind of freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. understandable. Well, yeah. That's okay. We got to get used to things again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, okay. Let's see my hi this week. Um, my kids are both doing sports. Um, so we had baseball and t-ball games all week last week. I, we were at the sports fields, I think five, days last week sometimes multiple in the same day (laughs) so yeah so it's crazy um it's so nice to be outside in the fresh air because it's been so beautiful um seeing the kids get to run around they wear their masks when they're close to each other but um baseball is a good game for social distancing because they're all standing out in a field but um yeah so it's been super fun. I'm starting to like meet some other moms and try to make some mom friends, which is terrifying to me. But mm-hmm. if this is such a small community that um, I'm like, okay, I need to get to know people. And hopefully if, you know, if we don't move or whatever, these are going to be my kids' friends for the next 12 years or whatever. Um, Crazy. So, yeah. so I'm trying to like branch out a little bit and like go talk to people and make make the first move I guess Mm -hmm. it's so scary and again hard with masks because I like smile all the time at people so that they know hi I'm approachable but I'm too terrified to come talk to you (laughs) and that doesn't like translate as well with a mask on but but yeah it's been going well it's super fun good Um, yeah that's great yeah the low is that Saturday um Piper was supposed to have a baseball game. It got canceled. No big deal. She was supposed to go to her first sleepover at one of our, like, really close friends' houses. Um, Not that big of a deal because, like, I don't know. She's actually hasn't seen. She's seen them, like, once or twice in the past year. Um, But it was a very safe, like, not going off with someone's family. I don't know. But she was excited for her first sleepover. Um, She, like, woke up first thing in the morning, got all packed, ready to go. And then a few hours before we were going to leave, um, we get an email that somebody in her class tested positive for COVID and she's on quarantine. So obviously we canceled the sleepover, didn't want to send her off with any possibility to get anyone sick. Um, her baseball games are, are not canceled, but canceled for her for the next two weeks. School is canceled for the next two weeks. This was going to be my first week, me alone for four days during the week to get so much stuff done. No, that's not happening. <laughs> and it was just like, a, it was like a, such a high day. And then it just like crumbled to the ground. So hopefully whoever tested positive is fine. And um, we're taking Piper to get tested today just to be sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. They just like turned into a shit show of a week. Yeah. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. I'm that, sorry. Oh. Well, thank goodness she wasn't already at the sleepover when you got that email, because that would have been embarrassing. Yeah, 
yeah right yeah yep true so yeah. i mean it worked out the best that it could and she's not too bummed out to be staying home with me all week and yeah. my husband reminded me he's like they're gonna be out of the house soon enough and you are going to miss them so much so just enjoy it and i've like really <laughs> taken that to heart so yeah. good yeah. man oh dang covid <laughs> i know yep yeah so we can get into the topic for today um we have an amazing amazing guest you guys um her name is rachel dialto i don't know if you've heard of her she is everywhere she's been on good morning america um the today show she's been on the show married at first sight um she is a author of a soon-to-be-published book She's currently Match's chief dating expert, and she's just amazing. So um, her name is Rachel. I already said that. <laughs> I already said that. <laughs> so we will go ahead and bring Rachel on and hear all she has to say right after this short break. Hey boss lady, we want to support you and your business on our show. We've rolled out a new segment where we will be highlighting boss ladies in our community by running an ad for your business. The transition to parenthood can be rough on a relationship. Attend a Gottman bringing home baby workshop with Holden counseling to strengthen your relationship, reduce conflict and increase intimacy. Use code boss lady for 10% off the workshop. Registration and more information can be found at holdencounseling.com. If you're interested in us promoting you on our show, send us an email and let's get bossy. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to yeah. see people, although they can't see us. Right. <laughs> but we can see each other. But I can see you guys. <laughs> yes, we're so excited that you're here. And we want you, before we get in, to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Let's get the rundown. Oh, man. Uh, I am Rachel Dialto, and I do relationships. So relationships have been my jam for the last 10 years. I actually used to be a lawyer, so I was... Uh, in the middle of relationships and mediating them until I really started focusing on more of the romantic side and that evolved into uh, just general relationships. So I speak on them, I write about them, I work with them, and uh, it's really just something that I've been in love with and on TV and stages and all that jazz. And um, I don't know, it's funny when I think about boss, I'm like, I guess I am a boss and I don't think of it as much as that. And I don't think of, you know, I never think of, I never thought of my business as a business until recently. And I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I do. I have a team. <laughs> I guess I'm the boss of that team. And, you know, I think a boss is just being willing to take the risk to put yourself out there and take chances, you know, and there's always that case of failure when you're bossing up. So mm -hmm. it's that. It's developing the stomach to deal with that. Yes, you need a tough one for that. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. Yeah, we're really big on it, making sure being a boss doesn't necessarily like mean having employees. It's just kind of like being the boss of your life. And I mean, you totally encompass that. So I think that's perfect. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think I got control over yeah. most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's still questionable. 
<laughs> okay, awesome. Well, let's get into our topic. I'm really, really excited to hear everything that you have to say. Um, you have a book coming out, correct? I do. Yes. yes. So called Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere, Even If It Scares You, which I need to just pre-order it right now because that is my life. <laughs> that is my life. So um, before we talk about the book, why don't you, um, yeah. can you tell us, like, so you, you're considered a relationship expert or the relationship mm -hmm. whisperer. How does someone become a relationship whisperer? How did you get to where you are today? You know, it's really interesting. It was unintentional. So I was, I was a lawyer, I was a litigator and I did a lot of mediation and I uh, started out with an idea for a dating company. This is like 12 years ago. And my partner and I launched this company and we took a private placement of almost $2 million in and launched this business and had a lot of press. So I was doing um, interviews on the New, York, uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Oprah called, did not actually go on Oprah, but did a lot of TV. And so people started seeing me on TV and then they were like, oh, well, you should come back on and give your opinions about things. And I started giving opinions about things on TV and then people started asking me to coach them and I had no idea what they were talking about. So uh, I decided to go back and become a coach. Uh, I'm finishing up, I have a couple credits left in a, a master's in psych, but a lot of it's just from experience. And it's funny because people are like, wait a second, how does a lawyer become a, you know, a dating and relationship expert? And I'm like, well, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Basically mediation is, is pretty key for both of them. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of experience and obviously anything like that, like relationship expert or dating expert, that's all a media driven title. But um, I think there's a lot of foundation behind it after the last decade. If you ask me, 10 years ago, I'd be like, I don't know. That's what they called me. <laughs> and now it's like, no, I know my, my ish. Okay. Yeah. The experience, like the experience part, just with anything. And, you know, you can call yourself a title, but then when you build those foundational pieces to really be able to understand your title and back it up so much more, I mean, relation, we're all in so many relationships. Everything we do is a relationship. So that's a huge skill to have. And just like a really great place to be. I think there's so many people you can help. Yeah, it definitely expands the gamut. I think, you know, uh, oftentimes, and I still do a ton of dating and, and uh, anything in the romantic space. I still talk about it a lot. I'm, I'm Matches, uh, chief dating expert. So obviously I still talk about dating stuff, but relationships are so much bigger than that. And there's just so many different facets. And the most interesting thing is they're all based on the same thing. And they're all, all of the weakness of any relationship, whether it's professional, personal, romantic is the same thing. It's that self-worth. It's the unknown it's the anxiety around you know connecting and mm -hmm. it's it's never you know just some you know one category fits all you know in, in any sort of way so yeah it's just interesting to me yeah i think with just the idea of like the connection and the relatability that is such an important factor in life in business like for me my entire business is based around this idea of relating with your audience and just being able to relate with the people in your day-to-day -day life is so important. And a lot of us have a hard time doing that. And I'm sure we're going to dive into like the social anxiety and things like that. Cause I'm very guilty about that. But when we're thinking about the word relatability and just like how to be relatable and I mean, the title of your book, how to connect with anyone anywhere, even if it scares you, like what is relatability to you? 
relatability really is just making a connection with another human being on a human level. And it's doing it in, in a way that I never really thought about. So the whole concept came up. I left Married at First Sight and I was getting all these messages from fans saying, you know, why did you leave? You were so relatable. And I was like, what are you talking? I didn't never, I never thought about what that meant until I actually sat back and I studied it. And I found that there was this element of certain people and I think everybody can develop it, but not everybody has it of this relatability where it's, you naturally know that that's somebody that you want to get closer to. It's naturally somebody that you can talk to. It's naturally somebody that you want to work with or work for or date or whatever. And there's all these, these elements that I just saw over and over again, but yeah, it's, it's just being able to make that connection and grow it. Mm. And it's from that really heart centered place as opposed to a head centered place. Yeah, definitely. Like going into it with the idea of connecting, not just like an ulterior motive, like definitely having the connection as your driving force. I like that. Yeah. I think a lot of times we see people, they're like, we, we go for the sale or we go for the ask, or, you know, you go for the date without actually, and, or you go on the date and you're talking all about yourself. And mm-hmm. um, so there's, it, it happens in all these different facets of relationships, but it's the same premise of, you know, you're connecting versus just, promoting essentially. Yeah. I love that. So it's been kind of a whirlwind year for everybody. Um, I know my social life has changed extremely. Um, just having to do so many more things virtually. Um, how has relatability changed in the past year? Oh my gosh. It's such an interesting thing because social anxiety was a massive issue before coronavirus came Mm -hmm. and it was, it was keeping people from connecting before, but then all of a sudden we're separated out and now we're realizing, my gosh, like getting back into it is a whole different ball game, but also dealing with it in the moment. Um, You know, going through this last year, right now we're on, uh, you know, zoom while we record and people are really uncomfortable on camera. They're uncomfortable seeing themselves. They're uncomfortable, you know, putting themselves out there. And essentially everybody became a TV star (laughs) during COVID. (laughs) And it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So not only are you, because it's, and it's interesting because there's data that proves this where if you show up in person, you have anxiety, it's one thing. You see the person that you're talking to, you see yourself facing outwards. But now people who have anxiety are now, or social anxiety or lack of confidence or any sort of insecurities about their looks or the way they sound or how they talk, they're now facing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's completely changed the way people show up. And I think it's a detriment, you know, in some cases it's great because all my, my introverted, social anxious, socially anxious people are like, I'm just gonna sit over here, <laughs> mask on, <laughs> I'll take this one out. Right but that's not how you live forever. And then it just makes it so much harder to re-enter everything. Yeah. So it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's, long it's answer short. Extremely calm. I mean, complicated is like the perfect way to describe it. But do you think that relatability has kind of become easier for some people as well in 2021? Because we're all going through this thing together. Like we're all zoomed out. We're all tired of the way that things are now. And so like in a way it's, kind of forcing people out of their comfort zone and then you know us socially anxious people who are like having to make appearances on zoom and things like that can relate with one another in that sense and just kind of like opening new paths for people to relate a little bit 
which has been interesting. Yeah, I think it gives us a connection point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that's actually part of relatability is finding that connection point and sharing in a journey. But we're all on this journey together. So it does, it, it allows people, you know, you could spend 20 minutes talking about the fact that everything is awkward with somebody right. and they can relate to that. And that becomes part of the conversation. And And I think there's also a humanity that we see now that we may not have had before where we're zooming from our homes. You know, you have, you got people doing TV. I mean, beginning of COVID, all the newscasters were were (laughs) doing TV from their their kitchens and living rooms. And it was cool because you kind of get that personal side of things. So there definitely is, there's some benefits and then there's some awkwardness and it's just, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved that being able to see into like celebrities spaces. Like it just made you feel so much more connected with them because it's like, Oh, Hey, I have that in my kitchen too. Or, you know, what have you. And yeah, it's been so interesting. Except for Anderson Cooper. I was yeah. like, um, has anyone seen Anderson Cooper's house? I don't <laughs> I remember so. I'm like, Oh my gosh. His was like, it was like the picturesque, like leather bound books and mahogany cases. Oh, oh my gosh. Not relatable. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no. Like you're amazing. I will say one um, aspect of this whole COVID mask socialization issue that has ar- arose, arisen for me um, is I am a very like shy, awkward person. So my go-to is always smiling at people. And then I'm like, okay, so I look nice and approachable, even though I'm not going to come talk to you because I'm terrified. Well, now I have a mask on, so that's gone. So then I'm like, okay, do I, like, I have to force myself to go talk to people or just stand there like a statue with a mask on. It's so (laughs) awkward. Work on your smiles. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, everybody's going to need like extra Botox when we're older because <laughs> right. of all the smizing we're doing. Like I looked at mine, I was like, oh my gosh, I honestly think my, my lines have gotten so much deeper just from smizing. Because I do, I do, I overemphasize, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm in my mask. Yeah. Yeah. And I started changes. doing like this little eyebrow. I don't know. I don't even know what I do. It's like, I'm like <laughs> waving with my eyebrows kind of like, what am I doing with my face? I don't know if it's scary or <laughs> friendly. I don't know. <laughs> Whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the keys to becoming more relatable? How can we strive towards that? I really, I think there's three main things and, and it's the stuff that I talk about quite often. Um, one is that connection piece where it's being authentic and being real, sharing your story and not pretending to be perfect. You know, that's definitely something in this day and age that we see, uh, you know, I thank God that I'm not a teenager right now. You go on social media and everything is airbrushed and face tuned and filtered and, but then we do it in our lives too. So it's really showing who we are at our core and showing our heart. It's, and then, you know, I have two other pieces to it that I've just seen as these building blocks. And the next is communication, which is really thinking of communicating with someone as, as a vibe. Um, you know, it's, it's not just figuring out what's the right thing to say. It's figuring out how to be adaptable in a conversation. It's, it's really being present in, in those conversations and being able to move along with them. And then the last element is inspire where, you know, we talk a lot about our whys and our purpose and, and figuring that out, especially from like a business standpoint, but it's also important to figure it out from a standpoint of, you know, how does that define my relationship building? How does it define me as a person? How do I show up differently when I have that inner spark identified? And it doesn't mean like we have to figure out our lives. I think sometimes when I talk about this, people get freaked out. They're like, oh, 
I don't know what my why is. I don't know my my inspiration, but you know, it's even something you choose as you go along and, and kind of having just that that inner spark that guides you. So those are the things that I've found that the people that are most relatable, the people that you really do feel drawn to, those are things that they do so naturally, but it doesn't mean that other people can't start to shift towards practicing it. Yeah. So being authentic, connecting and inspiring. Right? Yes. And communication. Yeah. And yeah. Communication. communication. It's, it's so funny because people are always like, we hear about communication all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's not, not the communication styles that we're focusing on. I think mm-hmm. communication is energetic. It's, it's, you know, it's your whole energy. It's how you show up. It's, and it's how you dance. Like communication is mm-hmm. a dance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we step on toes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially on zoom, right? Like <laughs> makes it even yes. worse. But I think when you're like really, truly being authentic, you're able to communicate, even if you are a little bit more reserved, like you're, the way that you communicate will come through so naturally. And then, you know, when you're talking about that why and inspiring, it's just like, I've experienced that recently, like really discovering what this thing is and you just light on fire and the way that you communicate and provide value to people that just feels so natural. And it's like, you can tell somebody has so much passion about it. I think that's so special because even if somebody in that moment can't relate with you, they feel that, you know, they can kind of look up to you. Like, I want to feel that way at some point. And I, I, you know, I guess that's where that inspire piece comes in. Like they can really see how special of a change that is in somebody and it can really help them feel comfortable pushing themselves even a little bit more. Yeah, hundred percent. I think sometimes it's, you know, we're, we're still building our blocks over, over here and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can still be inspired by someone and relate to them on an aspirational level too. And, and, and allow them to be the the goal of relatable is to draw people to you. It's Mm -hmm. to make it easier because it's a lot easier if you're bringing them in and you're searching them out. And, you know, if, if you do these things, you're, you're really are bringing people to you and and helping them to recognize that you are somebody that they want to relate to. Yeah. I have another thing to ask you on this piece. The idea of authenticity these days, I feel like it's becoming such like a buzzword that people kind of turn their nose up to it. Like, I really pride myself on saying like, I'm authentic, like I'm relatable. These are things that I really want to be, but now we're not relatable. Authentic is starting to become like one of those words that is almost people are kind of like, Ooh, authentic. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? And how can we avoid that? Yeah, it's odd. It's a, it's an odd thing to turn your nose at, but I also think, you know, the one, the one part that I don't like when we talk about authenticity, people are talking about be your real self. Mm -hmm. And I do think we have a lot of versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I have my very real self that shows up on TV and doesn't curse. I have another self of mine and I'm going to sound like a schizophrenic right now, but (laughs) I have another self that shows up and curses like a sailor with my friends as I, you know, Mm -hmm. drink tequila. Mm -hmm. So there's different versions and, and all of them are real. So I think the only time, and this is, I think that's part of the problem is we, we say authentic as if there's one true self. And there isn't. There's many versions of you. And, and as long as you are being real to yourself in those moments and you're showing up as you, um, it, it's not a bad word. It's mm-hmm. just, how are we thinking about it? And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what shifted. I think it just, there was another word recently that I thought of. I was like, oh yeah, that jumped the shark. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, people yeah. are just over it. I know. It's so, it's like a bummer when that happens because uh, authentic, I feel like is such a good word and it's something to yeah. really try to be. The first time I heard somebody say like, oh, authentic, it just makes my skin crawl. I'm like, wait, like I've built my whole, <laughs> everything around yeah, that. Like, Hold on. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I've got a new website to buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So speaking of authentic and all of that, like, and really caring so much about, you know, if somebody thinks that that's like a yucky word or what have you, I have such bad social anxiety. I know Mickey, not to call you out, but I know you have social anxiety too, that we've talked about a lot on this show. And I feel like so many of us are battling with this social anxiety. So can you just kind of dig in a little bit to what is it that causes social anxiety? And then how can we start overcoming that? Because it sounds impossible to do. Yeah, well, the how where does it come from is a is a big question because that's still there's a lot unknown. Is it genetic? Is it you know disposed predisposed and you know in your genetics and then combined with something in the environment? I think where a lot of people and there is a difference. There's social anxiety as a as a disorder. Like it's a there's a, a DSM or a, a classification of it. Um, but I think. It's really a lot of times when I see it show up, it's it's some sort of trigger from your past that has given you a lack of confidence showing up in social settings. And I'm speaking generally, not that I know what you know what yeah, happened for, yeah. for either of you, but typically it's you know, it could be from bullying, it could be from some sort of situational um, condition where there was just a lack of confidence that was, you know, put into your brain and into your heart. And that is something that's very difficult to overcome for a lot of people because you have to address it. And that's where I think a lot of the overcoming it, it's twofold to me. It's one, you can work on the, the pragmatic approaches at the surface level, which is you know, really thinking about how you show up and thinking about what you could do differently and how you can act and all of those things. But it's also getting to the root of it, you know, figuring out where does that come from? Where does, where does my lack of confidence in these situations come from? Is it something that happened with my family? Is it something that happened with, you know, a relationship? Is it friendships? You know, for me, and I talk about this a lot, you know, my anxiety and, and my my issues in social settings, a lot of it was defined by bullying that I went through when I was in grammar school to the point where I had to switch schools. Like it was so bad that I was crying every day because people were horrible to me, you know, and it was, it was traumatizing. So you, you take that stuff in, you know, that age of between five and 12 Mm -hmm. is such a formative time in a lot of people's lives. Um, everybody's lives <laughs> that you know if something happens during that you that's something that you have to overcome and that takes it takes awareness it takes you know whether it's therapy or coaching or you know self-reflection if it if it can be done that way we have to look at it you know i i always i love the jay-z quote you can't heal what you don't reveal yeah so we got to get in we got to dig in and yeah. that's the one thing i have to say too with, with the generations that are coming i'm like the end of Gen X, beginning of millennial and Gen X is a mess. It's like no therapy, you know, therapy, we're on that borderline. And then there's the boomers that are like my parents who are like, Oh my gosh, like push it down. (laughs) (laughs) But the the younger, the younger our generations get, the more open they are to really looking at that stuff. So that's why I feel like even though social anxiety is so prevalent, 
it still is like people are willing to look at the why. Mm-hmm. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I'm like, keep talking. Like, no. <laughs> this is so helpful. But like with social anxiety, I just feel like with any anxiety, just confronting it is, is so helpful. Like instead of trying to push it away, I notice that the more I start practicing that, like, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this. Why is that? But so much of it is hard to just think of what that why is. And, you know, if anybody who's listening is afraid of therapy, like, please reach out to us because therapy has literally changed my life just to help you open up your eyes and start to kind of figure out what's going on. And I think that this is part of why it's so important to be authentic, whether you love or hate that word. But once you start really accepting who you are, it's a lot easier to try to get through that social anxiety because you're realizing the parts about yourself, the good and the bad, and you can kind of see where that's fitting into your anxiety that you're having. It's just so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. The process. (laughs) Right. Well, and I feel like, we're like millennials kind of early mid millennials and I really like how open people have become with with anxiety and just mental health issues in general and I have found being really open about that and just coming forward with it like hey this is what's going on this is terrifying me to even be here and kind of using that as like an icebreaker almost I've been able to develop some really good relationships and just kind of build my you know brand or whatever myself around all of the issues I'm having and people really relate to that I mean everyone struggles with something something along that spectrum anxiety whatever even if you're just like shy or nervous around crowds or whatever I think everyone can kind of relate to that and just talking about it and making it less taboo kind of eases everybody's mind a little bit and makes it a little more comfortable Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that becomes, that's your vulnerability. That's mm-hmm. you showing up as your authentic self. And th- there's nothing I think that the vulnerability can't serve and, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of connection. So you telling people that you feel that way or being honest with it just gives them permission to be vulnerable, gives them permission to be real. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that are like, Oh my God, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Or I get that. And then it gives them some point of connection with you because they feel like you've shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not and not being afraid to even incorporate that into your business identity. Like that, I have a whole talk that I give on becoming the vulnerable professional because so many of us think like when we show up for work, we have to just be like this buttoned up, polished professional at all times. But the more that we're letting our vulnerable side show and really inviting people in, they start to relate with us, they connect with us, as you're saying, and it it's just really powerful in your personal life and your professional life and there needs to be less of a harsh line between the two. Like, obviously, like you're saying, you're different at work or on TV than you are with your friends drinking tequila. But like when it comes down to it in the center, you're still the same person with the same vulnerabilities and cores and core values and morals and everything like that. And we just need to work on being more open about it, I think. But it's getting- Yeah, 100%. You know, I think the other thing too with that is there's- there's such a, a stereotypical way that corporations and leadership has been taught mm-hmm. um, and vulnerability is not part of that because that's weakness mm-hmm. and admitting that you don't know everything, admitting lack of perfection or lack of control is considered a weakness. And, and that's part of, that's starting to shift too, but we still have a lot of people who are of a older mindset that are still thinking, oh no, 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 like you, you steal rod. That is who I am. 
right. you know, and that's, it's going to have to shift. But as, as the more open generations show up, things are going to have to shift. That's, that's how this works. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about relationships because I, I know a lot of your um, teachings I like that you can apply it to all kinds of different relationships, not just like dating and marriages and romantic ones, but professional friendships as well. Um, so how can we get better at building those relationships, whether that's building a network with people or just making friends in general? Yeah, um, obviously everything that we've been talking about. So throw that in the right. mix <laughs> and then mix in a little consistency. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's something, especially when it comes to any relationship, it's consistency. People want to know that they can depend on you and they want to know that you're important, that they're, they are important to you. Mm -hmm. um, this is what I get for not having the fifth cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really putting, putting that relationship building as a priority. And the, I love the saying that if you if you treat every relationship throughout as if it's the beginning of the relationship, there's never going to be an end. Mm. And that's, it's the same thing, whether it's friendship or romantic relationships, where if you don't put the effort in, if you're not consistent, if you're not consistently making them a priority and putting them as a center, then they're going to lose that desire to stay connecting with you. And it doesn't mean that you, you know, put them ahead of you at all costs or, you know, eliminate your needs, but people want to feel important. They want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. And, you know, that takes effort and relationships don't have to be hard, but it must be effort because otherwise anybody could do them and everybody would be in a relationship mm -hmm. <laughs> with each other. And that would be a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Even when we think about just like relationships with friends, I mean, in 2020 and even now it's, it, it's almost like, it comes, it came to the point where it's exhausting to maintain a lot of these relationships with our friends and, you know, making new friends is something that just sounds like just so challenging, especially as moms and business owners. Like if we sit back and think, why aren't we making friends? What are some reasons besides the obvious that's holding us back from really growing those kinds of relationships? Fear. It's a lot of fear, I think. And especially as adults, it's like, Cause you know, you go to the playground when you're five years old, you just hit somebody over the head and you say, you're my friend now. And that's how yes. that works. And yes. um, we can't do that as adults cause you'll get arrested. So <laughs> it's a lot of like, it's that vulnerability. It's fear. It's a fear of being rejected, which is the same as it is in a romantic situation happens in friendships. And that's actually why I love clubhouse so much because I feel like people can get real mm -hmm. and they can find kind of their people and then you can build them from afar a little bit, but then deeper once you feel safe. And it's really a sad thing. Like the friendships, as friendships as adults is such a passionate topic for me because, mm -hmm. so I started doing a lot of TikToks lately, mm -hmm. which I thought I was like, oh my gosh, when I, when someone said to start going on TikTok, I was like, I'm 95 years old. <laughs> like there is no reason why I should be on there. I can't dance. And so they're like, no, 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 you're just going to go on there and you're going to give advice. I'm like, okay, I, I can do that. And all these videos start going viral. And the one of my first ones that hit a million was talking about friendships and how, you know, you have a good friend. 80% of the comments were people saying I have no friends. No. And it was hard. like, I almost could cry. I think I'm a little emotional today, but it makes me want to cry. 
and so I started doing these videos on how to make friends and it's 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 a problem because otherwise people feel like that I think a lot of times as adults we think by the time we hit adulthood we either have our friends or we don't so then we we actually stay with friends that aren't good for us because we think we can't make new ones and just like a relationship that those toxic relationships are really impactful so long story short a lot of fear gets in the way and it doesn't need to yeah yeah i can feel that we this is so crazy when i look back on it i mean we did it for a good reason but my husband and i when our daughter was six months old picked up our entire lives and moved like four hours away from where we had been with all of our friends and like our stable just like connection there like mickey was one of them we now live i guess it's like three hours away um and that was really hard because all of our friends were in the same life place they were all having kids or have already had kids they were all like around the same age and we come to this place which i grew up here like around here but it's been so long that we just have to start completely over and as an adult like for me i don't go into an office at all and so i'm like where do i even make friends like how do i even make friends and then COVID happens where it's like i can't have play dates or you know do this because at least i had my daughter to kind of help do that it's just such a hard position to be in as an adult and i agree with clubhouse especially like i've made some actual friends on there just from chatting in these rooms and like opening the door to be able to have that connection and i just wish i could do that in person <laughs> Soon. We, we can do that soon. And I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to do that and there's things to get involved with. And that's what I was saying, you know, in some of these, these videos is join organizations, you know, get in a book club, do something in person that, that has uh, a topic that's interesting to you and you'll meet like-minded people that are in your, your area, but you can't do that right now. So yeah. the loneliness, because some of the statistics are so disturbing to me, like one in four people have zero friends, one in four. That's a, wow. a stat that's, yeah, it's really sad. heartbreaking, wow. but, and then you add loneliness of COVID to it. And it's just a recipe for depression and anxiety and all of those things. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of work to do that mm -hmm. probably, I mean, I don't think my book is going to solve it all, but I'll do the best I can with what I got. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm excited. When does your book come out? Can you tell us like a little bit more about November. what we can expect? It's in November. <laughs> September. September. So, yeah, we, we got a little bit of time, but yeah, they just, um, they did put it up on Amazon and everything for pre-order and going to do some pre-order gifts uh, soon. I'm still getting my life together because still, still a hot mess. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I just wanted to make a difference and I'm going to, oh my God, I am so, I'm like all weepy today, but I really <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I all misty? Oh, emotions are stupid. Um, no, I just, I really wanted to make a difference. I wanted to write something that could be evergreen and impactful and hopeful. So it, yeah. it goes through everything we're talking about today, but even more of, you know, toxicity and relationships and how to be more confident and how to be more positive, how to set boundaries and you know, all those different things that I think we need. I needed a rule book mm -hmm. <laughs> when I was in my twenties and thirties. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll still um, use it now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to order it when we're done with this. Cause I'm like, I definitely, I just, you could just feel your passion about, right. This is what you're talking about with the whole idea of becoming more relatable. Like every single thing that you just did, as you explained it fit right into that. It just was, comes so naturally. And it's just like inspiring. And I'm excited to look into this book and learn more about it. Cause 
I think that you have amazing things to say and your insight is really powerful. So I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. Feel like I, I'm like extra weepy today. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's an important, there. yeah. And it's an important topic. And I feel like everyone should go out and pre-order this. It's going to be like a manual that we're all going to need to re-enter civilization. Like it's, I mean, hard enough. When you said one in four people have no friends, that like sounded insane but when you think about it especially the past year it's so easy to stay home now and it's so easy to just like live your life behind a keyboard and just you know get your your fake socialization time through social media which those aren't necessarily your real friends and you can order food online you can order groceries online like you don't have to leave your house ever and so how are you going to make friends if you're not putting yourself out there even putting yourself out there online and making friends that way can still be really tricky. And I have to say that this past year has made me so like, I think I'm just so emotionally spent in general that I just have put like zero effort into friendships. I'm just, I'm like, I can't do another zoom meeting. I don't, I like can't sit and talk on the phone. I have kids running around. It's so hard to maintain those things but we're going to come out of this and I'm like, Oh, nobody's left. And now I have to start over. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, inter it's a very interesting dynamic because I get that too. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted all the time and then you're running a business and you're living mm -hmm. your own life and you're doing all these things. And it just, it's a lot, you know, to, to prioritize and to try to figure out what's on fire next and, and focus on, but I'm sure your friends will, will be there when you come out of this. You just yeah. need to sprinkle them a little bit. Right. Give them a little watering. Oh, I right. like that. <laughs> well, speaking about just like balancing all of these things, unfortunately, we're coming to a close here on this conversation. But if you could offer one piece of advice with our listeners on balancing being a mom and then being a boss lady, whatever boss lady means to each of you listening, what would that be? You have to listen to yourself, your body, your emotions, all of those things, kind of just your being. It's, it's interesting because this is something I felt today where I go through phases. I go through phases of just, I'm on fire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to write, you know, I'm going to write things on my to-do list and then check them off because I can. And then there's today where I was like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to go make myself a lunch that I typically wouldn't spend time on. I'm going to I'm going to take care of me and there has to be a balance because at the realm or at the health realm <laughs> at the helm of both your family and your business, whether you're in, in a business or you're just in the business of yourself, it's you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take care of you, then there's nobody in charge anymore. So, and you don't want the kids to take over. Yeah, <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I love that. That's too funny. Oh, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here with us today. Before we let you go, um, we have our last segment that we like to do, our hot mess moment. So life is full of those hot mess moments. We've all been there. Um, do you have a hot mess moment that you'd like to share with everyone? I do. And it's something that you could actually go find. It makes me laugh now. <laughs> um, so I might have done a video after the Rachel Hellis thing, and I, I came at it from a different, because she said she didn't want to be relatable. Mm -hmm. So obviously I had to reply and say, relatable is awesome. Mm -hmm. 
And then I just, I did a video on how to apologize and it got like 20,000 views on Instagram and like a hundred thousand views on TikTok. And I had poppy seeds all in the bottom of my teeth. (laughs) All I'm talking like I had a poppy seed bagel sandwich. I get, so my favorite sandwich after I've had a couple cocktails the night before is an egg and cheese on a poppy seed bagel. Um, and I was a little bit still tired, but I'm like, I gotta do this video before I leave to take care of the kids for the day. And you know, we had things to do. So I did this quick video and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't realize it until someone pointed it out. And then I, I can't stop looking at it. But yeah, everybody can watch that. That's fun. <laughs> hey, I can believe that's it. relatable. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Poppy seeding the teeth. There we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the beauty is anytime I screw up or do something that's a hot mess, I'm like on brand. Exactly. Right. That's what happens when you build your brand about around who you are. It's just like, yeah. Hey, whoops, that's just me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Brush your teeth after you have a poppy bagel. <laughs> I love it. If oh I said gosh. nothing else important today, that's, that is my PSA. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. We really, really appreciate it. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Yes. Oh my gosh. Me too. I'm like sad this conversation's ending, but tell people where they can find you and how they can get your book, how they can support your business, all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm Rachel D'Alto everywhere. So racheldialto.com and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok now. <laughs> so and all Clubhouse. <laughs> and Clubhouse. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse. Too much time. Same, same, same. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody go check out Rachel. Got to look up her poppy seed video, pre order her book. (laughs) (laughs) At least you'll get some more views, right? That's the bonus either way. (laughs) It's a good video. It's good to learn how to apologize. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And everyone else, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay stay bossy. bossy.